Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today, we are blessed to have Ken Cuccinelli on the show. Ken is well known to conservatives across America and is the perfect person to have on our show today. Ken was former attorney general in Virginia who ran for governor eight years ago. He was defeated by Terry McAuliffe in a very tight race. Ken knows Virginia better than any political operative. Well, welcome to the show, Ken. Thanks for coming back on. Good to be with you again. All right, so in conversations leading up to the election, uh, you were one of those guys that you were very much like, hey, there's some good momentum here for Yunkin. Uh, So uh, what surprised you? Anything that comes to mind in terms of like how you saw it playing out and what actually happened? Uh, That's a good question. You know, uh, as you know, I thought he was going to win and I thought it was going to be a Republican sweep. And it, in fact, was. The Republicans also took back the House of Delegates, which in some ways is even harder to do. Um, But uh, I thought the margin of victory would be a little bigger than it was. And um, nonetheless, as a guy who won one race in a recount, you know, what do they call you when you win by 101 votes? Senator. (laughs) And in, in in this case, in this case, governor, lieutenant governor and attorney general, and of course, there are seven new Republican delegates, so they had to take seven seats to win the House back. Now, the Democrats still hold the Senate, right, so right. Uh, the way Virginia functions will be very bipartisan in the next couple of years. And both bodies are very close, sure. 52-48 in the House and, and a similar tight margin in the Senate. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, any of the inside baseball on that whole thing that's kind of percolating around about take one of those guys, make him a a, a cabinet secretary, right? You know, explain that, explain that real quick. What what could happen there? So the way that works is you find long-term legislators. Jim Gilmore did this first and both Republicans and Democrats have done it. And our years in the state legislature count for retirement. And, but you don't get paid much, $18,000 a year. So, you know, any percentage of $18,000 a year isn't very much. Right. But if you bring someone into your cabinet and uh, suddenly they're making about $140,000 a year, the Virginia retirement is based on your high three years. So suddenly all those years you spend in the legislature uh, combined with three years at 140000 a year, which isn't, you know, isn't going to make anybody rich, but it will set you up for a solid floor for your retirement. And um, some people want to go out that way. And uh, Glenn Youngkin is uh, you know, certainly someone who you would expect to see uh, having at least decent relations with Democrats. There's nothing wrong with that, of course, especially it, when you have a split legislative bodies like we do here. Um, and uh, we'll we'll see if that happens, but yeah. that speculation's already happening. All right, good. Well, thanks for going over that. I always like to add in things like that for our viewers because uh, it's some it's interesting tweaks state by state, obviously, yeah. as we go forward, see what happens. So, um, so what's your opinion of driving issues? You know, we can all kind of speculate on what you might say right now, but what what would you sure. say driving issues? Number one, number two, what do you think? Well, I mean, the one that pulls the highest is always the same. It's the economy and jobs. But the one that drove enthusiasm unusually was education. And it really split hard for Youngkin here. Um, In the Fox exit polling, people for whom CRT and similar issues were their top reason for voting, which is about a quarter of the electorate, 
they split for Glenn 71-28. I mean, those are unheard of numbers just to poll for on an issue, right. much less for people to actually make a decision based on an issue like that. So that was at the top of the list for enthusiasm. Uh, people for whom economy was the top issue also split heavily for Youngkin. Um, the only issue where McAuliffe seems to have prevailed was on uh, for people for whom COVID is their top issue. These are people who want to lock us all down and make us all wear masks and all the same sort of thing. Proven very destructive in the last year and a half. Nonetheless, those are McAuliffe voters. The yeah. third issue, though, that the Youngkin campaign pushed was crime. And um, because the record of the Democrats was so bad, um, it has elevated crime once again to be a top-tier issue. Um, when, when McAuliffe was last governor, murder and rape went up, educational performance went down, and Virginia fell behind in job creation of its surrounding states. And that's sort of the competitive world economically that states measure themselves in. It's in their region of the country. And McAuliffe had negative performance in all three. And those were the ad campaigns that Youngkin was running in the close, mostly focusing on education. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up the crime thing. I, I, I tend to agree, you know, you having the AG background, it can be that real sleeper issue in campaigns at times, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely, and, and look, uh, you know, Youngkin got 14% of black women's votes where Trump got 7% last year. And, you know, I think that the crime issue probably influenced that to some degree. Um, that's historically been true in Virginia. Um, it, you know, the anybody in a poorer community is more affected when crime gets worse than everybody else. And it's a real opening for Republicans to bring their protective public safety message, not over the top, just we're going to do a legitimate job and we're going to prioritize you, the citizen, to keep you from being a crime victim or to take care of you if you are, rather than coddling the criminals, which is the history we've seen with Terry McAuliffe and Mark Herring at Attorney General as well. Right. Absolutely. Well, uh, and I also want to get back to this side of it, too. You know, you've got this great history in Virginia and uh, uh, a number of years ago, you took a run at Terry McAuliffe. And, uh, yep. you know, and, and I think it's one of these things. I'm, I'm super happy that Youngkin won. It yep. wasn't some major landslide, right? And uh, uh, it's, a, it's a blue state. And so, you know, he did what we'll he needed it. to do. Right, we'll take it. <laughs> um, but wouldn't you say, from your standpoint, that you would have loved to have Terry McAuliffe act in the same way he did now? back when you ran against oh him because, gosh, you know, yeah. you, you barely lost back then. Yeah. And so right, and you didn't have I, all these other things going on, right? I, I joked with Glenn more than once. Oh, my gosh, I wish he had been this honest when he ran against me. <laughs> right. um, I mean, saying no. things like parents have no business telling school boards what to teach their children. And then you'd think, surely that's a gaffe. But he doubled and tripled down on it. What it really showed is that he is completely in bed with his committed special interests, in this case, the teachers unions. And back when I ran against him, he didn't have a record. He'd never been elected to anything before. And he just lied. He just lied through his teeth and attacked me because I have a long record and a very consistent one. Um, so, and negative attacks do work. People don't like them, but they work. So that strategy worked for him. He won by two and a half points. 
not getting anywhere near, by the way, 50% of the vote. Um, it was a 47 and a half to 45. And, um, and Glenn beat him by two and a half percent in this election, it looks like. And um, that was in part because Terry's record, I mean, we, when you are a manager looking to hire somebody, you call those references and question number one, would you rehire this person? And Virginia said no. And uh, Terry doesn't have a record that's worthy of rehiring. He didn't do a good job last time he was governor. And Glenn Youngkin had the money to get that message out, to not be overwhelmed by lying from McAuliffe. And, um, and McAuliffe was floundering in the end. He looked desperate. He acted desperate. And I think it was pretty obvious to all. Yeah, and he yeah. did his fair share of lying. But to your point, he stepped yeah. up and told the truth. And then it all was Isn't out. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so. the first gaffe of all is to tell people what you really think. Yeah, how about it? Well, we, you know, as conservatives, we've been watching the education system, you know, decay over time. And, and we know full well that the teachers unions, uh, you know, teacher union leaders, and they, are, they have bought and paid for the Democrat Party. And those guys have, do, have got to do what they say. And then this is our opportunity as conservatives to say, look, it's right in our wheelhouse to care for your kids. We, you care for your kids the most. Obviously, you love them more than we do, but right. we're going to do everything we can to help you help them. And this is our opportunity, I think. Well, and in Virginia, keep in mind, Loudoun County, Virginia, became the national epicenter for these debates, not just CRT, but transgenderism in, in public schools that include safety with several sexual assaults that loud, the Loudoun School Board covered up and the shutdowns of schools because of COVID last year, all of those things came together. And people who were not happy with those things all came out for Glenn. I mean, he won all of those voters, the give parents control, protect your students. And it was the only real cultural issue that Glenn ran on, but he seized on it to his credit and uh, ran hard on it and was very successful in doing so. Yeah, and I think that we've got an ongoing cultural decay that a lot of people want to start talking more about. And so to your point, to his credit, he, he took it on and, uh, and, and, and pushed through and uh, people backed him up because they feel it too. So, uh, so lastly then, um, just talk to the national ramifications uh, of this race and in uh, sure. 22 and, and what you see playing out like that. Well, it won't take until 2022. Uh, I think that the division we've seen between what passes for a moderate Democrat these days and the really crazy left liberals, the AOCs, the Cory Bushes, real Stalinist leftists, um, that division is going to be deepened by the outcome in Virginia. The moderates are going to retrench and the Stalinists are going to push harder and say, we've got to get all our crazy stuff now uh, before we lose uh, you know, this bare edge of power numerically. And um, people forget 50-50 Senate and the closest divided house that I ever remember, I think in years in my adult lifetime. And uh, that, that's a pretty tenuous hold on authority, but it's, Washington's gonna be affected immediately it won't take until 2022. But then as we move into 2022, Virginia has historically predicted these waves. So in 93, George Allen won in Virginia 
with 57% of the vote. And then, of course, 1994 was the contract with America. And in the year I was elected attorney general with 58% of the vote, you know, largely thanks to the blowback against Barack Obama, we swept as Republicans that year. Um, and, um, and the next year, 2010, was the Tea Party year, right? And now I see that happening again. Virginia is showing the direction of America again. And uh, next year, I think you can expect it's a near certainty the Republicans will take back the House. And clearly, the Senate is very much in play. Um, a lot of good candidates like um, uh, Adam Laxalt in Nevada, the potential to see a competitive Chris Sununu in New Hampshire. I mean, if he ever wanted to go to the Senate, this is the year because they're never going to have more of a tailwind behind Republicans, even though the Senate map is pretty tough next year. So I have a I have a lot of optimism for the elections in 2022. And I also, Doug, if I could, I also want to touch on election security real quick. You know, in Virginia, we won for the Democrat set of rules. They literally made something like 60 changes the Virginia election laws in the last two years since the Democrats got control in Virginia. We had a 45-day-long election in Virginia, which is very difficult from an election security and transparency perspective. So what happened? Ordinary Virginians and people all over the country can do this where they live. They rose up, they trained themselves up on how to be election officers, and they didn't just work for the campaigns though there were a lot more poll watchers than before, they went in as election officials. In Virginia, they're called the Registrar's Office. That's who runs our elections. It's different in different states. But in all of them, local citizens work for the local election office, and they run the election. You check people off at the poll books. You count the ballots. You can do all those things. And in Virginia, thousands of people showed up to do that. In fact, the Washington Post and Time Magazine national news outlets were reporting on this incredible sea change of ordinary citizens showing up to secure the vote by participating themselves. So uh, that's message one, is, and it's repeatable anywhere else. Message two is you can win with any set of rules. Earlier this year, we lost two U.S. Senate seats in Georgia because hundreds of thousands of Republican voters were convinced that no matter what they did, their vote didn't matter. And that was not true. But it cost us two U.S. Senate seats. So now we struggle every day and wonder, oh my gosh, what will the Democrats do to us today with their 50-50 majority, thanks only to the vote of Vice President Kamala Harris. So we have a negative example when people buy into that negativity and believe there's nothing they can do in Georgia, and we have a positive example in Virginia of what people can do when they don't buy into it and they go take control themselves and participate as a responsible citizens in owning their own elections. Yeah, and for the participation is huge. Like you said, we can all complain, but we got to get up and go do something. And, and that's what we're seeing. And, you know, I want to tie that in. You, you guys are doing great election integrity work. We've built a lot of relationship over the last year uh, working around this topic. And we've come to this place, too. Just one more thing I wanted to cover before I let you go is uh, you got to settle in with be, being okay with being called a racist. 
because yeah. you're working on you're working on election integrity. And I think too, there's an element where, um, you know, in this Virginia race, you know, it, this this could be the watershed moment where Republicans are like, you know, we're not going to listen to you anymore. You're gonna that's all you got. The Democrats mostly all you have now is calling us racist for whatever, but we're not going to listen anymore. So you got Youngkin doing what he did. You have people like what you just talked about volunteering more to go and do these things, even though people are going to say bad things about them. I hope it's that moment where we finally said, you know, we're going to forget about the race uh, piece because it's it's people don't listen to it anymore, right? Well, and, and Virginia is a great example because you know when when our opponents are doing bad things, I want them to be so blatant that I don't have to explain it. <laughs> right. So when you right. say the Republican ticket in Virginia, uh, you know, only got elected because of white supremacy or whatever you want to say. Right. You're obviously not taking a close look at the ticket. Right. Right. Yes, Glenn, Glenn Youngkin is a white guy. Winsome Sears is the first black woman to win statewide office in Virginia, and she is a conservative Republican lieutenant governor. And you're not seeing that covered anywhere in the national media because she doesn't count because she's a Republican. And by the way, she was born in Jamaica and became a Marine before she was a U.S. citizen. God bless her. Um, we also had the first Hispanic elected statewide, Jason Miares, for attorney general. And you haven't heard that anywhere in the national media either. Um, he is the son of Cuban immigrant. And, um, you know, so on the other side, you had Terry McAuliffe and Mark Herring, two white guys running, and a, and a minority woman running for lieutenant governor on the Democrat side. So there were more minorities running and the same number of women running on the Republican ticket than there were on the Democrat ticket. But the national media doesn't want to give credit for that. And it, it's a it's an election example of exactly what you're talking about, Doug, about how all they have is name calling. And if that's the best you can do, you know, we should be able to beat that, um, you know, most in most elections with good candidates. And in Virginia, we had good candidates and we did beat it. But you know, 10 years ago, they used to say we hate women, right? They did it for for years and years, yeah. and then Trump came along and they flipped it to to you you hate minorities. Yeah. And um, it's it's just, they can't help themselves, and it isn't true, um, but we have to fight through. Yeah, and like what you just said, the proof of it all is right there in what actually happened. And every right. time they say that over and over, and then they kind of go quiet because they don't want to bring up anything that, you know, proves they're a hypocrite. Right. And then somebody that's in the middle or moderate sees the story and it's like, well, wait a minute, how can they be racist if they got these people that just won on yeah. this ticket? And I think that that is where, you know, like what you just said, it's much better when people that, you know, are in the middle that are kind of watching it get the proof right in front of them. And they say, you know, what? Right. I think these guys are lying. And, you know, we've known they've been <laughs> lying for years, but, you know, everybody else is waking up to it. So, yeah, it was like. I, I feel like the whole thing, you know, we talked a minute ago about it was it was still a close race, but man, what a breath of fresh air, you know, yeah, really was absolutely. great to have, have the win. And uh, hey, well, look, well, thanks for all you've done in Virginia and across the country in this election integrity thing. Really, really proud to be associated with you. And and, uh, you know, I know you were probably a huge help for Yunkin and everything that's been going on there. And uh, it's been a real a uh, real, uh, you know, jolt of confidence for the rest of the country, all of us conservatives, you know, so thanks for coming well, on. Well, we appreciate thanks all the support done. you all were providing into Virginia. Um, it all ma it all mattered. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't win seven house seats and you don't win statewide in a tough state like Virginia without a lot of help. So that's right. That's right. You know, Got to get it done. 
Yeah, got to get it done. Good. Well, thanks for coming on, Ken. Look forward to seeing you soon. Good to be with you. Well, all right, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Don't forget, working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. So until next time, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash firstright or text firstright to 1-312-820-9167.